Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. We are... uh... In this message series, we're calling Faithful, and today uh, we are going to, because it's kind of Valentine's weekend, uh, we're going to talk about relationships today. Not just marriage-type relationships, but kind of across the board, but included in that, we'll, we'll comment on, on that as well. Um, we want to be faithful in relationships, and we know that the Bible says, you know, love one another, and the Bible says, love your neighbor, and even says, love your enemy. Um, all, all those important things. Jesus said that the world around us would know we're his followers by the way we love one another. So even the way we conduct our relationships is part of our testimony. It's part of our witness to the world around us. It's really, really important that we get this right. Um, but we wonder, like, well, you know, sometimes we're singing with those of you who are from my generation in the 80s, 1984, biggest hit song, I think. Might, might have been the biggest song of the year. I want to know what love is, right? Foreigner saying that, like, yes! Like that rock ballad, it's like, yes! They just needed to read 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is patient, love is kind, like love keeps no record of wrong. That would have helped a lot. But um, there's a passage in Colossians chapter 3 that really is another very practical unpacking of of love in relationships or how to conduct ourselves so that we're faithful in our relationships. So if you've got a Bible with you, I invite you to find Colossians 3, Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to pick up at verse 12. And if you're able to stand with me for this, it's a short passage. I invite you to do so for the reading of God's word this morning. Colossians 3, picking up at verse 12, and I'm reading from the New International Version. It begins this way, Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let's be seated together and thank the Lord for his word this morning. So much going on in those verses, just kind of packed, and and the behaviors that are described in there apply literally to every relationship. Relationships in the church, relationships in your workplace, relationships at home, it applies across the board. And if if, for example, you know, like if I can kind of fake it here or if I can fake it at, at church or like look like I'm really getting it, but at home I'm not doing these, it's hypocritical. And so I want to learn to apply these behaviors across the board. Now, I will confess that there have been times, and I'd probably say many times in my life, where I have not gotten this right. Seasons where, you, you know, I could maybe look good, but but not doing very well. Uh, let's say at home or elsewhere. And so I want to learn. I want to know what love is. Like I want to learn how to do this well, right? So we're going to take this list of relationship habits that were just described 
And we're going to unpack it a little because if we're going to be faithful in relationships, we're going to call this the relationship top 10. Some of you remember watching David Letterman back in the day. David Letterman always had the top 10 list. So this is the relationship top 10 and uh, faithful relationships top 10. And we're going to read this passage together one more time to really kind of grab hold of it. Okay, ready, go. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Okay, there's five. Carrying on, bear with each other. I'm going to stop you there. Bear with each other. We're going to call that forbearance. Forbearance, so we get it in one word. Let's pick it up again, bear. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. All right. The faithful relationships, top 10. I'm seeing compassion, kindness, right? Humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, love, peace, thankfulness. 10 things. I don't. I mean, I don't know when the last time you had a 10-point sermon was, but here we go. This is a little more of a workshop this morning than a, than a sermon. So I don't really need to define all these qualities uh, for you, but I think sometimes, maybe often, we kind of think, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good at all those. Like, I don't really need to think about it because I've, I've got it kind of going on. And maybe we don't really think they apply to us. And maybe, for example, as a guy, I look at that list and I say, that's not a very masculine list. Like that does not like feel like, right? Or you might as a, as a strong woman say, look, those are kind of soft. Like I think that some of those are uh, not really applicable uh, for us. But I would say to the contrary, a truly powerful man or woman sees those as essential for strength in relationships. And so we want to talk about them. A couple that I want to point out in particular that really stand out because I think they may be harder to deal with than the rest. Uh, the first one, I would say this bear with one another, forbearance. Uh, I, I've always liked how the New Living Translation puts it. It says, uh, make allowance for one another's faults. Make allowance for one another's faults. You know how when you have a, a, a sheet of paper, you know, like like in my Bible... There's like white space along the edge, that margin. You gotta leave some margin for error. You gotta leave room for people to not be perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But sometimes I expect other people to be perfect. What is going on with that? I need to make room, make, give room in the margin for people to not be perfect. Make allowance for other people's faults. It's been interesting, like for me, just, it's kind of been personally like a little tough working through this passage. Uh, this week, um, because I realized, man, I, there's a lot of places I could do a lot better. I was going through some, Becky found some old notes actually from my college days. And, and I, I found in there that I was guilty of some of the exact behaviors that I, you know, hassled my own sons for, uh, in their day. And I, I just forgot. I, I forgot what maybe that was all about. And I hadn't made allowance often enough. Forgiveness can be tough too. 
Now, we, we talk a lot about forgiveness here, and we have kind of gone over many times how important it is that we forgive, how essential that is that we, we forgive one another. Um, you need that for your own freedom, or your own receiving forgiveness. You need to be somebody who forgives. And look, even if it's been a terrible offense, we have got to forgive if we're going to flourish. And you might need some help walking through steps of forgiveness, but it has to happen. But it's the little things as well that need forgiveness. Those little offenses that pile up, whether it's at home or in the workplace, like someone took your stapler again, right? Who's the guy in, in office space that they kept taking his... Do you remember his name? Yeah, okay. Oh, Office Space, the movie Office Space. Uh, 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 Milton was his name, Milton. Someone kept taking his stapler, right? Uh, we have to forgive even the little things. Oh, random stream, stream of consciousness this morning. Sorry, guys. Um, and, and like we will make mistakes. We will slip. And the people closest to you will hurt you the most. Because they're close. And those offenses are what de- what's so wounding uh, because we know they should do better. So even when it's not intentional, forgiveness is still has to happen. Now, when you look at the top ten, right, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, love, peace, and thankfulness, uh, you see that each one of those is actually a choice, is a decision. It's like a deliberate decision to say. So whether you're in the workplace, home, church, whatever, you actually have to decide to practice those things. And every one of those promotes the other over self. It promotes the the, the person beside me more than it pro- promotes myself. Sometimes, you know, we'll say, well, you got to really love yourself first. And I think that's an overstatement of the command that Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, he, we, we, the scripture even tells us, like, we intuitively love ourselves. You think, well, I don't know. Like, what about the person who's struggling with depression or anxiety or, or you know, just, you know, crippling insecurity or, or self-loathing, whatever. Even then, we love ourselves enough to feed ourselves and take care of ourselves. So that already comes intuitively, instinctively. Uh, we want to practice behaviors that promote others over self. Now, the top ten of these that I'm talking about mean I need to release, let go, the need to be right, to be dominant. Uh, well, here's a great... Becky and I have been talking about this lately, about the need to be right that I sometimes have. Um, about ten years ago, someone taught us a great line that we've used sometimes. We remember to use it. You may be right. If you want to diffuse an argument, a disagreement, and you know you're right, and the other person knows they're right, you can simply say, well, you may be right. And you know what? It's a little moment of humility. That's one of the top ten that says, I might be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong, but I could be wrong. And it allows you to kind of mend and patch that situation. Um, so it's helpful to know also that every relationship has a goal, a destination, whether it's workplace, whether it's home, whether it's church, there is a, there's an end point. There's like something you're trying to get to in that relationship. And we're going to try to illustrate this with a little, um, object lesson. And so I need 
I need a couple volunteers, and it would be best if it's a couple, but if I can't get a couple, I will just pick a couple people. Excellent. Ed and Kimberly. Give a hand for Ed and Kimberly Zamora. Come on up. All right, just come around the the stairs there. Okay, come on up. Come on right up. Stand up here in the light where we can see you. <laughs> Henry, I'm just getting a little ring. I don't know. If... Um, okay, I want you guys to take this rope. One, e- one end each. All right, and then s- just stretch it out like so. It's kind of straight across. Like, you're not, this is not a tug of war. <laughs> but this rope, and let's go to that next slide, Johnny. We can do that. This rope represents kind of a continuum of your relationships. Every relationship is somewhere on this rope. Okay? So Ed here represents connection. Kimberly represents distance. Okay? And so to do this, I'm going to get you to turn your back like a drama major. See that? Look how she did that. <laughs> And she really knows drama because she knows you never turn completely away from the audience. So that's good. I like that. Okay. So there are relationships in my life. Let's say that there's a rattlesnake in my backyard, right? Which way am I going to move in my relationship with the rattlesnake, right? Distance. Okay. Let's say that I have a relationship with my wife. Which way am I going to move? Connection. Okay. That's my maximum connection would be to Becky, my wife. Sorry, Ed. Right. He's like, he's like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. So in every relationship, you're deciding there's different play points of, of, of distance and connection in your relationships. Now, here's the secret. You're never standing still. You are always moving one way or the other. So you need to ha- decide in your relationships, am I, do I want to move toward connection? Or do I want to move toward distance? If you've got someone in your life who harms you, who is abusive to you, who like perpetually takes advantage of you, mistreats you, gaslights you, whatever, you need at least some distance from them because they're harming you. And that's okay. Not every relationship has to be in connection. But there are important relationships where it can be in the workplace, it can be in your family, it can be in the classroom, where you say, you know what, I, I need to move some at least incrementally toward good connection. All right. And that's what these top 10 are going to help you do. Now, here's the thing. OK, Kimberly, we're going to turn you back and face Ed. OK, now you guys are a married couple, right? You guys officially married, right? OK, OK, just making sure. OK, um, if you guys want to be in closer connection, what do you need to do? Go ahead and show me. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Let me hold up that rope. They are almost equal. That's astounding. That's a, that says something good about your marriage, right? So now they're, now they're, now they've moved toward connection. And, and what we want to do is we want to ask, are my current behaviors moving me toward connection or toward distance? Now, here's, here's the other piece. Let's say that Ed had, um, go back a little bit, Ed. Stop, maybe stop there. Let's say that Kimberly had traveled a little bit faster than Ed, right? She covered more ground, but they're still connected. 
Like, it's not necessarily a 50-50. And there may be relationships in your life and places in your life where I want greater connection, but I'm going to have to do more of the work, and that's okay. Um, All right, you guys have been great. You guys go be seated. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. You you want to be able to say, are my behaviors moving me toward connection or toward distance? And there there's times when you've got someone in your life that their back is turned to you. But you can take steps and they may or may not respond toward you. But the way you take these steps is these top 10 that we're talking about. Right. So compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, peace. Right. You you start practicing those things in relationship and you're going to see your relationships improve. Those connection will Im- improve in your life. So um, that can help you. Um, I want to give you a very, well, do I do the, yeah, okay. I'm going to give you, see that. Someone asked this week if we communicate telepathically. I said, absolutely we do. She said the same thing at the same time. Right. Uh, all right. Here's a little. Remember when you were a kid in school and you wanted to remember memorize a list of things and you make like a sentence to memorize them. So I've got a sentence for you to help you remember these. Ready? Can Kevin have good pizza for Friday lunch, please, Teresa? Can Kevin have good pizza for Friday lunch, please, Teresa? Can compassion Kevin, kindness, have humility, good gentleness, pizza, patience, right? For Friday, forbearance, forgiveness, lunch, please, Teresa, love, peace, thankfulness. You can do it. Can Kevin have good pizza for Friday lunch, please, Teresa? Or you can add whatever name you need at the end. That might help you remember the top 10. All right. So the top 10 is your methodology for faithful relationships. Now, Paul, um, the apostle who, who writes this, he's going to get into some specific relationships in the home and the workplace. So I'm going to read verses 18 and following to finish out kind of his talk about these relationships here. Verse 18, he says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Or another translation says, do not exasperate your children. Uh, Verse 22, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Talking about the kind of place of employment. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it's the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. All right, so this is God's way of doing it. And I'm going to say right now, um, some of God's structure for relationships sounds a bit shocking to modern ears. We're like, I don't know about this. Like, this sounds unfair. Like, sounds like, ooh, dominance and all that stuff. Um, but we got to understand 
what we're going to unpack this in a moment. Um, if you would say, look, I'm committed to doing things my own way. I think I know better. Then my only question is, how's that going so far? Right? How's that working out for you? If you just say, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore this and do it my way. It's not that it's not going to work. It's just not going to work as well as it could if we honor God's way of doing things. Um, so scripture has a way of kind of putting a finger on the things that are hardest for us as a place to pay attention. So, uh, these, you know, what we're talking to talk about, these six relationships, these aren't necessarily natural for us, but they're essential for us. So six things, right? Wives submit to your husbands. Okay. That is hard. And it's hard for me to talk about as a husband. That's really hard for me to get up here and say that because I feel like, oh, easy for you to say, Brian. It doesn't say husbands dominate your wives. It does not say that. It says wives, by your choice, out of your reverence for Christ, you're submitting to husbands. Husbands love and, and practice love and gentleness with your wife. And it doesn't say wife dominate, you know, demand love and gentleness from your husband. It's a voluntary choice, right? Husbands. Children, obey your parents. That's not, that's not natural to us. And fathers, encourage your children. That doesn't always come naturally. Employees, don't complain. Don't grumble about, about your employer. And bosses, you gotta be fair. Those are kind of the six, you know, relationships in kind of basically how we, how we behave in those. And every one of those is a choice of submission to the other. To a higher way. Uh, it's not getting my way. It's doing things God's way. And submission cannot and will not work without the top 10 that we've been talking about. So can Kevin have good pizza for Friday lunch, please, Teresa? Like we need those in our, in our relationships. So let me just run through these six real quick. To the wife, right? Talking about uh, submission. If you'll let your husband lead and trust him to protect you and care for you, uh, you're going to experience security. But just because he's the leader doesn't mean he's say he's in charge of everything. And this is where some people get it messed up. Like, I'm the man. i got to be in charge of everything. That's not how it goes. It means there's kind of a care and covering and protection. And I would say this uh, for the wife. You'll probably have to train him in what your love language is and how to speak it, Right? On how it, how it, what, what loving you and, and being gentle with you looks like, what that means. Because, again, speaking in generalized terms, we're not really that bright. So, we need help figuring that out. Really and truly. So, you, you can train him. I've been, I've been getting trained for 30 years almost, and we're getting there. We are getting there slowly. To the husband, you've got to be gentle. You've got to be gentle, not demanding. Your words matter. Give your wife your attention. Learn her love language. And while you're at it, learn your own and make sure she knows that as well. The training kind of goes both ways. Stop waiting for things to be fair. Well, I've done all this. She needs to... Look, you relinquish your rights. Ephesians says you die to yourself. You lay your life down for her, right? So let go of that desire to be served, that desire to be right. I mean, that one's a very hard one for me. You go out of your way, you go over and above to provide the care and love and protection. Children, 
I will say this, not a whole lot of kids in the room, but if you're under 21, listen up. Your parents have your back. They love you. They know you better than anybody else does. They probably know you better than know yourself. And they're watching out for you. They want nothing but your best. And so when they give you instructions or directions or rules, right? It's because they love you. So obey them because no one's a bigger cheerleader for you than your mom or, or dad or both if you have them both. Listen and obey. To the dads, it's really easy for us to wound our kids with our words, our sons and our daughters. Um, one bad use, like like I've done this, sarcasm can just land really poorly. It can really cut, and they remember that stuff. They don't forget. Pointing out shortcomings is never forgotten. I, I There's so much of this, I honestly, I just wish I'd learned a lot earlier in my life. To the slaves. Okay, this is challenging. Why has the Bible got slavery in it? The Bible does not teach that we should practice slavery. It just observes that that's what's happening in the culture. And so let's call these employees, workers, right? If you think you have it rough, just try being a boss. Just try being an employer. That's a lot of weight of responsibility, and you do not want that. So um, be proactive, be positive, and even if you don't love your job, um, don't complain and work instead, he says, as though Jesus is your boss. Because Jesus is taking, you know, the, the time cards ultimately go to Jesus. So keep that in mind. And then to the bosses or employers, uh, masters in this case, but this is what we're talking about. Be reasonable, be fair, right? Because you also have a boss. You're not the top of the pile. You are under God's authority. And your payday is coming as well. So don't squeeze your employees for everything you can get out of them. Be as generous as you can afford to be. Um, remember, these are the people who are trying, at least, to make you successful. And uh, even as you provide for their needs. There's a lot of pressure on an employer, a boss, to... They think about, like, i got to make sure we make payroll. i got to make sure my employees are taken care of. I, I, I want them to, to be satisfied. I want them to flourish and so on. That's a lot of pressure. All right, so I will admit these, in some of these instructions have a certain shock value to us and to our modern way of thinking. But if you would prefer to do it your own way, go ahead. Um, but I will promise you it's not going to work out as well as it could if we would do things God's way. Okay, we're going to do a closing song. I invite Christy and Connor and Andy to come back to the platform. Um, Listen, we are the people of God. If you have put your faith in Jesus, if you're following him as the Lord of your life, we are the people of God. We're following him together. And so that means we're committed to live by God's word, God's ways, God's standard of doing things. And we have to trust that he actually knows best. Because his is the way of love. His is the way of submitting to one another out of our love for Christ, including that top ten that we talked about. And God in his kindness, this is, this is such an amazing thing. God in his kindness and his generosity and his mercy is, is, has a way of blessing those relationships that seek to be faithful to him, causing them to flourish, causing them to experience wholeness, shalom, peace, right? He has a way of doing that. When, when you, as particularly think about husbands and wives, when you really help each other find and discover and flourish in your gifting. So there's an amazing thing that happens because the heart of God is to bless. The heart of God is to, to provide, to pour mercy, 
to, to bring wholeness into your life. That's his heart and his desire. And so if I resist it, I'm not going to experience it. But if I say, God, I just I want to experience all that you have for me. And it comes early, early in the in the Bible. Leviticus chapter six, we have this blessing that Aaron was taught that he was to speak over the people. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give his peace. And that's the heart of God for us. And so in light of kind of thinking about relationships and submitting one to one another and wanting God's best, we're actually going to sing uh, this song. It's called The Blessing. It's it's just taken off around the world. It's just an amazing song. Um, so allow us to sing this uh, for you and with you. You can sing it. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com. Thank you.